in our day and age of instant communication, of cell phones, internet, 24-hour television, then in the middle 1800s, the most effective means of communication was the telegraph. <clears throat> telegraph, as you probably know, uses dots and hashes, Morse code, uh, to send messages. And just like today, when it came out, <clears throat> it was like the, you know, the Twitter of the 1800s. <clears throat> Everybody wanted to be part of it, and they were learning how it worked. And I read this story about <clears throat> uh, a telegraph operating firm that how they hired they uh, put an ad in the newspaper, and it said, you know, show up and fill out an application, and we'll have an interview. So this one young man who fresh out of school learning how to decipher the telegraph went in, and uh, as he was in there, he sat down. It was noisy. There were babies crying. <clears throat> and there was in the background, of course, the, the ticking of the telegraph. And so he filled out the application. There was a little sign that said, fill out an application and wait to be called. Fill out an application and sat there. There were about 10 other applicants sitting with him. And after about five minutes, he just got up and went into the boss's office. Everybody was like, what's he doing? <clears throat> Came out with the boss. The boss said, gentlemen, the job's been filled. You can go home. And they immediately, as you can imagine, started to protest. Like, he was the last one here. He said, ever since you've gotten here, I have had playing a telegraph, and it read, if you understand this, come inside, the job is yours. <clears throat> <clears throat> this young man understood it. The rest of you didn't, and so the job is his. I think often in our lives, there's so much noise going on around us that we can't hear the most necessary thing. We're not actively trying to listen to the most necessary thing. In fact, we are filling ourselves with distraction. The French uh, philosopher Blaise Pascal, he said he was, he was amazed at how human beings distract themselves. He loved gambling and he would gamble for hours. And time would just fly by. I don't know if you guys have seen the movie The Jungle Book, <clears throat> but in that movie there's these, this group of monkeys and they're called the bander log. Bander is a Hindu, Hindi word for monkey, and log is people, so the monkey people. And all they do throughout the movie <clears throat> is try to distract Mowgli and get him off of his task. It's these voices, these murmurings that are going on around him all the time. And these monkeys, they, they, they don't follow any of the jungle rules. They do what they want, they have no leader. More or less, they are the relativists of the Jungle Book. And they speak and speak and speak, and they're throwing all these words, all this nonsense, to distract him. So in a world filled with this much noise, this much banderlog, how do we hear the voice of God? I think it's very clearly put on display for us in the call of Samuel and in the Gospel. Notice, the first thing you should notice is notice... Notice where Samuel hears the voice of God. He is essentially, to put it in modern day language, he's essentially sleeping right there underneath the tabernacle. And it's early in the morning. 
We know that because it said that the lamp of God had almost been extinguished. It was extinguished at sunrise. So it's right before sunrise. It's not in the marketplace. It's not amongst a bunch of people. It's not in the noise of the world. It's in this quiet solitude. In the presence of God that Samuel hears the voice. He doesn't even realize it's God. He thinks it's Eli. Because it says he, is not, he was not yet acquainted with the voice. If we want to hear the voice of God, <clears throat> we first have to put ourselves in a place where we can hear the voice of God. Scripture says over and over and over that the voice of God is a whisper. Remember that when Elijah is out on the mountain? Then it said the thunder and the lightning, and God wasn't in the thunder and the lightning, and then the great wind and smashing of rocks, and God wasn't in the smashing of rocks. I might be paraphrasing a little bit. <clears throat> and then it said, and then there was the whisper, and Elijah hid himself. The whisper. It is so hard to hear a whisper when there is noise all around us. The second thing, you guys, I've become more and more aware in my own life both Jesus and Samuel get up early in the morning. Now that, I know I'm talking to college kids here. <clears throat> but early in the morning is when your body's calm, your mind is at ease, the day's duties have not yet hit you and caused you to be all anxious about the day. Early in the morning is hands down the greatest time to pray. <clears throat> and the other nice thing about it is, if you're going to get up early in the morning to pray, you have to go to bed on time. And that's a real discipline for college kids. Early in the morning, in a place of solitude, listening to that whisper. The last thing I think is, <clears throat> when you hear the voice, you got to respond. When, when Samuel goes back the third time and Eli says, when you hear the voice, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Samuel goes back and he doesn't go to bed. He's alert now. He's waiting for the voice. He's actively listening. And it says, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. How nice those words are. But we never get to hear what happens after that. Because <clears throat> you know what the Lord tells Samuel? This boy of maybe 10 or 12 years of age, you know what his first duty is as the new prophet of Israel? To go to the man who has been caring for him for the past five to six years and tell him his sons are going to die because they're wicked men and his household is finished. That's his first job. First day on the job, he gets to go tell Eli that his household is finished. When God comes, when God speaks to us, when God asks us to respond, it isn't always easy. But we must pray for the grace to respond. You guys, one of the things I hear over and over and over again is, yeah, I need to pray more. Then do it. Don't talk about it. One of my favorite quotes I've used a hundred times is, is uh, 
Francis de Sales, when he says, if we want to be Christians, we have to at least pray a half hour every day. Unless we're really busy, then we've got to pray an hour. Because he knew the more distraction we had in our life, the more we needed to quiet ourselves so that God could get his way. Otherwise, we just get our way. And when we get our way, we bring pain and suffering and heartache, usually to everybody around us and ourselves. You don't know what you want. You think you know what you want, but you don't. God knows what you want. And you have to receive that from him. So I encourage you, this week, give it a week, to get up early and to give him a half hour in the morning of quiet. You don't need to read the scriptures. You don't need to pray your rosary. You should be doing those things on the side as well. But in that half hour, to rest with God and let him speak to you in the silence. Again, Blaise Pascal, said, most of humanity's problems would be cured if man was able to sit alone in his room in silence. Because he knew that in the silence, God would get his way. So for one week, a half hour of silence.